Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad back at it with Andrew Gillis, Mike Nislik. The last time we were on here, we had a special edition of the podcast where we talked about the big and really only news of the day, which was Jamar Chase's injury. Zach Taylor spoke for exactly 77 seconds on the dot, uh, just briefly after practice wrapped up for the Bengals today. Uh, and as you could guess, all he talked about was the injury. There really wasn't much to it. Uh, all he said that it was a hip injury, that there would be more information to come. He didn't declare if he'd be on the IR. He said that's something that would come later. Um, there's really nothing else he added to it, but um, that's that's that. I mean, like, there's really not much else to say about that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was pretty brief. Um, you know, typically he doesn't he doesn't talk on. I see. I was gonna say. Today was Thursday because the week is screwed up. Um, typically, he just talks during a normal game week on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, but because this was obviously a special circumstance, today was technically a Thursday for the Bengals. Um, he obviously he gave a quick little um, quick little presser about Jamar. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, he didn't really want to go into specifics. Um, he was asked directly, you know, is this a is this a fracture? Uh, you know, didn't comment on that didn't comment on if Jamar would need surgery or anything like that. Um, so right now, I think where you're at is if, you know, if I don't know if they're going to make a roster move by, and by that, I mean, put him on injured reserve before Monday. Um, you would think that that would be the case. If they're going to, if they're going to put him on injured reserve, you would think it would probably come before the Browns game on Monday. Uh, one, because, it, it just gives you the extra roster space sooner. And two, it gets him back sooner because he has to miss four games, not four weeks, four games, which is important because the Bengals have their bye week. So he would be out for the Cleveland game, for the Carolina game, for the Pittsburgh game, and for the, um, uh, for the Tennessee game. Uh, so he would be out until December at the early, like the first game of December against the Chiefs at the earliest. So, We'll see. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, kind of like you said, not a ton from Zach, but, you know, he did uh, confirm that he'll make a full recovery, which I thought was important. Um, that's, you know, I think that that's probably eased a little concern for people. But I mean, yeah, obviously it's, you know, nobody quite the original report from Schefter was four to six weeks. Nobody really knows what that's going to be right now. So we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see. 
Well, it's hard to know because you don't know what the injury is, right? I mean, there's been kind of varying right. reports as in terms of is it a fracture? Is it just a hip flexor? Is it is rest? I mean, you know, they, he was asked about surgery, um, and he said, what I'm saying is what I'm saying. Uh, that was, I thought, the best answer of the day. Um, you, you know, and they're, they're playing it close to the vest. I think it's a good sign if they don't put him on IR, not just because, obviously, you know, miss less time, but just in terms of what they're thinking in terms of timeline – um, because of the the way the byline the bye week is situated, you'd think that they're trying to maybe just get them out those three games instead of four, because you have the bye. Uh, so then you don't need to put them on the on the uh, injured reserve on the practice squad. They do have Trenton Irwin and Kwame Lassiter uh, in terms of receivers. Um, uh, so, you know, I don't know how much of a difference that makes. I don't think signing anybody kind of gives them any kind of benefit. You're not going to get them involved in sort of the game plan for this weekend uh, for Monday. Uh, look, it's going to be T Higgins. Uh, it's going to be Tyler Boyd and it's going to be Michael Thomas. I mean, that's really what it is. And then the complimentary pieces in the passing game that they that use frequently, like Joe Mixon and Hayden Hurst and even Mitchell Wilcox, like that, those are your guys. Um, so, you know, that's, I think the group they're going to roll with, whether they make a roster move. I mean, I think that's more, I think it's more about, what it says about Chase rather than what it says about their sort of roster makeup. Like, I don't think they're going to bring somebody in to like be a feature. Cause like, what do you do with them yeah. once he's back? Well, you, right. You exactly. have, you, you're stuck. And that person's not going to get any playing time. And I got to take that away from T Higgins. You're going to take away that from Boyd. So I, I think they just kind of, you know, they got to do what they got to do with the, this roster to kind of get through. And you hope it is four weeks, but not four games. Yeah, that, that was kind of what I was talking about last night, where it's like, if, you know, you could bring in a guy, and I saw, you know, all of this, you know, talk on Twitter, oh, well, you're bringing this guy, bringing that guy, bringing this guy. Well, it, like you just said, like, if you if you bring in a guy, then you, you're going to have a log jam at some point. It, to me, the more that I think about this, if if I were a Bengals fan and the Bengals signed somebody or trade traded for somebody, especially right. traded for somebody, I think I would be concerned. Um, because that would indicate to me that, you know, they are kind of looking to, um, you know, to kind of well, fill a hole. The idea you don't, you don't do that back. if Jamar is yeah. not going to be. He's going to be back this season and, and be yeah. rolling in four weeks. Like, you don't do that. That's a long, longer term right. move than just sort of, I mean, yeah, maybe you sign like a practice squad player just to have an extra guy available to plug in. But, um, you know, that that would be a, that would be ominous. But, you know, they've got talent at ride receiver. So, I mean, it's not like a – uh, dire situation they end where they have to sort right. of get somebody now because like they don't have like I mean you can do a lot with Hayden Hurst you can do a lot with Joe Mixon uh, in yeah. the passing games in terms of Samaje yeah um, and so like I, I don't think it's like panic like I, I think they're more I think probably the concern is just like when can we can we get them back for the stretch run can we get them back for the games you know not against the worst teams in the league. You know, I'm going to quote Joe Burrow here after the Bengals went 0-2, and he said, all right, guys, let's take a deep breath. We're 0-2, but we'll be fine. The Bengals will be just fine. They have Joe Burrow who can cook like Walter White in the lab. Maybe not that extreme, but he can cook. He'll, he'll throw some dimes. He'll get the job done. It won't be pretty. It's going to, you know, there's going to be a noticeable gap with Chase being gone, but you have Joe Burrow. You have Mike Thomas. He's not the most obviously big known six man, if you want to call it that, for football, you know, as far as the wide receiver position goes. But, 
you know, they have Trent Taylor too. Um, with Irwin, they could definitely call him up to the practice squad from the practice squad, I should say, uh, just because of that extra gap. And like you said, I mean, the Bengals are not a team known to, to sign and do much action for the trade deadline. I don't really see that happening. And even then, there's really not much they could do because they have a cap space of about, I think it's $2.8 million, which is bottom 10 in the league. So, you know, they will be fine on that front. Um, not I, I don't any- know. I don't know about, look, like, I think there's a difference between the loss is like, I think like you said, they're going to be fine. I don't know about that. Um, I think there's a difference between offense going down the crapper and, you know, no difference. Like I, I, there's obviously going to be a significant drop off here. Um, and I think we're just going to have to wait and see how much that is because like, you know, if, if they had T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Penny Sewell was their right tackle, like let's just go back in time and say that that was the draft pick, not Jamar Chase. Okay, like, we're not sitting here saying this is a bad receiving core. This is, in fact, still a pretty decent receiving core. But now it's you you go from it being the strength of your team to you go to it being, okay, this is just, you know, maybe an above-average position group because you've got, you know, two pretty uh, like, top-end guys. With like, I, I like think so what? Like, if you can't beat Carolina with – Brandon Allen and no Jamar Chase. like Yeah, well, the Carolina's a different conversation, I think, well, than Pittsburgh or so Cleveland. Like, in theory, let's say he misses the three games. You've got Cleveland, which is probably the best team you're going to face in that three-game stretch. Which is yeah, saying, I right, agree. Carolina, which should, like, you know, if you were in, what, the EPL, you'd be in danger of getting relegated. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Pittsburgh, which, you know, honestly, that loss in the opener is probably the worst – you know, when you, when you go to, at the end of the, if we flash forward, we're going to be talking about that as the worst loss that they have all year. So they lost the second time. Like, I, I, you know, even without Jamar Chase, like they have, you know, a rookie quarterback against a defense that's thinks of themselves, I think, as a top 10 defense. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Their offensive production, it ain't going to be pretty sometimes. It ain't going to well, be. Well, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, like, you're talking about the strength of an offense losing that. And like, even Carolina, like, Carolina's not awful defensively like Cleveland's they're pretty team. they're an awful team but it's it's solely due to their offense like Pittsburgh's pretty good defensively uh Cleveland's pretty decent defensively like I, I I just I wonder what this offense looks like if you take it from 30 35 points like that they've had the last two weeks to 24 27 because that's not a noticeable drop off like it's not anything crazy if you start scoring 27 a game but I think it just it brings you down a little bit to earth, considering that this was the strength of the team. Now, granted, you still have Joe Burrow, you still have T. Higgins, you still have Tyler Boyd, you still have that. I just I wonder what what it what what this whole thing is going to look like. I'm so very curious to see what the game plan is and how they kind of adapt to this because I I don't know. I, I maybe I'm more down on it than I should be. But I just think that this is a pretty significant blow to an offense that was kind of humming along. When I say they'll be fine, I don't mean they're going to be fine like they're going to put up the same numbers with Chase. No, 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 no. I'm I'm with you on that. I, I don't disagree with you on that. I say fine in the sense of like they're not going to tank their season 
against teams like Carolina and Cleveland and Pittsburgh. That's what I mean. But I agree. I mean, we really. I was looking at the statistics. They're all middling defenses. Let's be. Let's like. They're no. No one middling is, defenses. No yeah, you're not playing a top five defense. And, and, like, yeah, I get and, that. Yeah. And then you factor in the fact that the offenses are like the house of horrors. Like talk about Halloween. Like scary. Like bad. <laughs> like. None of, you wouldn't, you almost, you know, we put that together, all Ohio team, like you almost could have put together a team with Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland on offense, other than the offensive line, maybe. I mean, that's, it's really rough right now for these teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Carolina, be, it's like, I mean, I, I can't imagine what that offense is going to look like in, in two weeks. We don't even know who's going to be on that team in two weeks, but yeah, yeah I mean, that's... trade deadline a couple of days, they could get rid of more players. So exactly. I don't know. I just think, you know, Jamar Chase is a special player. And, and and I'm Elite. not taking anything away from it. The the importance of like he makes them probably the like the Super Bowl caliber team that they are. But he did last year. They're a playoff team, I think, regardless, and they should be the. Uh, you know, I think they're up there with the Ravens, whether he's in the lineup or not. I guess that's how I view it. I don't know because I mean, no, the defense is good too. No, I'm with you, Michael. And to your point, Andrew, like, I don't know that it's that you're being down on it. Like, I think what you're just saying that a lot of people agree with is we don't know, like, how different it's going to be. Maybe you what might see it. Is, I'm going to put words in your mouth that T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are not very good is what you're so saying. So this is the second time Mike has done this when I was just, like, I basically, like, Mike basically, like, took I'm, it as a per- – Mike, like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking your argument to its logical conclusion. You're Mike, saying, like, put it – he took it to, like – you're the, saying a personal Chase, affront that he took it Jamar like as a personal affront that I said that stats. Aaron Donald wasn't Trey Hendrickson, um, and, yet, and then he that was never the same. He's <laughs> his neck hurts now because of it. Um, he got whiplash from the from the hot take. So I mean, I think is that what you're saying that they're 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 not they're, they can't step uh, up. Oh, Mike. Because that would be the logical. That would be the extension of the argument. Well, that, right? no. Well, that's the thing. It's you 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 take a receiver who is in number one and put him down as a number two. And you take a, a number two who was playing as a number three, He's and now you just kind of move so everybody into is, their logical positions. So when we talk to – It's, we get a good, Higgins, it's still a good receiving core. If we talk to T. Higgins, it's – look, I've heard from people that you're not a number – you're a number two, uh, which he could take in a lot of different ways, the way you phrased it. You're Ooh. a number. Andrew says you're a number. You're a big old number two. And then his Ooh. yeah. Wow. Wow. Mike. Well, first off, Ooh. first off, his answer would be, "Who's Andrew?" That's correct. Um, but the that, guy uh, standing next to me thinks you're, <laughs> thinks you're number Mike. Two. Mike is just wow. Mike I'm is very get, much just trying just to get me in as much trouble as possible. Getting on the record, no, because I think and um, it it is a good. Look, he's got he he can prove himself here, right? Like he can um, really make a make a statement that he is the number one guy. Uh, and he is, he genuinely is. You say, but then there wouldn't be a drop off. But no, no. But what I'm no, the whole point is if you you have Jamar like T Higgins is a legitimate number one receiver in the NFL. I think Tyler Boyd is a legitimate number two receiver in the NFL. The problem is you forced both of those guys to go down the ladder. So now. When when defense's game plan, it's not Jamar Chase. Okay, go, number okay, one corners one. are going after number one corners are going after T Higgins. Oh, they're not shading to, their attention to T Higgins, and then the second guy to, that they're they're focusing on is Tyler Boyd. And then the third guy the ladder, is no though? longer Tyler Boyd; it's Michael Thomas. Aren't they going up the ladder? 
Not down. They're the going up the ladder, but the Bengals' offense, I think, is going down the ladder because you don't, you're not well, not affected by losing. You didn't Chase. specify that the first time, though. That's, That's exactly what I said the first you. time. I got it. I got it. No, I, well, my, I well, now Michael's got it. I no, but yeah, you don't you don't like T. Higgins, and um, right. but it's I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus. maybe they do some more, but I mean, they're gonna, what cover two? You know, do they abandon cover two and give them something different? Maybe. That would be, you know, maybe, and then you know, that that falls on the coaching staff to have kind of a plan ready for for what they're going to see. It'll it'll come down to you know how good uh, and nimble is the coaching staff, and they I they I think this coaching staff feels um, very strongly that they are good at sort of responding to teams, even though the first couple of weeks that they struggled. But I think this coaching staff believes they'll be able to do that. You know, the funny thing is, you talk about. Throwing Andrew under the bus, telling T. Oh, Andrew says you're number two. I didn't, no, I didn't throw him under the bus. I was. No, no, I don't know. But no, I'm, make, make, I'm making a joke. Was Wait, I'm joke. making a joke. Let me let me get. No, there's I'm a joke I'm getting to. Wow, that's a great way to start a joke. No, I'm making a joke. I'm saying, what if you told T. Oh, Muhammad says you're number two right away? T's gonna know where to look because, like, I stick out like a sore thumb. Like, I'm the only Muhammad in the media. So they'll be like, oh, Muhammad? Yeah, he's right there. So I'm say I'm an easier target to scapegoat if you want. No, I'm going to point at Andrew and be like, this is right. the guy that said that. Right. But I'm saying is you don't even have to point fingers at me because T. Higgins knows my name. I've I'll introduced myself point. to him. I'll happily point. Right. Yeah. No, that's just, man. Th- th- you guys are a fun but Just that you, you guys are really excited about uh, this game. I could tell. And I, we're a lot more excited than we sound. And we have a lot more excited coming up on the show as we have some superlatives along with more injury updates. We have more coming up on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And thanks for sticking with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So we talked a lot about Jamar Chase and what that means for the Bengals offense and where it does or doesn't change. An interesting development I know that we saw, or at least you guys saw at practice, was Eli Apple went from being limited to actually being on the rehab field. So he did not practice today. Um, you know, Lou Anaruma has said, in a perfect world, it'd be nice to not have to switch players in and out, especially starters. But he also added, we live in an imperfect world, which is fitting because the world is far from perfect. So do we foresee CTB, Cam Taylor Britt, getting his first career start and only his second game? Um, I think we're going to have to wait and see what, what Zach says uh, tomorrow, tomorrow being Saturday morning, um, I guess maybe in the afternoon, whenever he's going to talk. Um, but if, you know, game status to me is, is, is important um, for tomorrow because, you know, Eli, he was a limited participant Thursday and then he did not participate today, Friday. So in those situations where you got, you have a guy trending downwards. I mean, sometimes it's just a rest thing, you know, like they're not going to, you know, they're not going to play for a few more days. So, you know, sometimes it's one of those things where, Hey, you know, he, he was limited yesterday. We're going to give him a day to kind of, you know, see how it feels, see what you can do. And then, you know, and then on Saturday, which will be a walkthrough, he'll be a, you know, a full participant or something like that. So I think we're going to have to see, but, um, I, I think this kind of goes back to our conversation that we had after the Falcons game. Like, this is why you play a Cam Taylor Britt. This is why you get a guy like that some snaps because, you know, let's say Eli Apple wasn't going to be there. Um, you know, he's not going to be ready. Then all of a sudden, if, if you didn't get Cam Taylor Britt those snaps, you're worried about, okay, well, we're going to have to play a guy who has not played an NFL game yet, preseason or otherwise. 
you know, we're going to have to rely on Trey Flowers. We're gonna have to, you're you're going to have to do all of that. Now, you kind of – you get this guy, he got his feet wet. He understands what his role could be. He understands a little bit of game action. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised, especially like – especially with hamstrings and DBs. That, to me, feels a little snap count. You know, you're, you're kind of waiting on you – know, maybe he's on a pitch count a little bit. But um, I if they're going to roll with Cam Taylor-Britt, if, if Eli's not going to play – I think it kind of benefited them that they were able to to beat the Falcons like they did, and you got Cam some snaps. Certainly interesting timing uh, now with uh, them yes. saying uh, we were going to kind of go forward with both of them playing. I wrote about that today. You know, you go look back. If there's a guy on the defense that could probably handle not practicing, Eli's one of them. He started yeah. 70 games in his career. Uh, he's one of four players on the team that's played over 400 snaps, and that's with only playing, I think it was 16 on, on Sunday. So you figure that he'd be ready, um, and, you know, it's a good team to play, uh, you know, in terms of passing. They're not going to do much. You better just be ready for the run game. Um, and, and is Cam ready for that sort of workload? That's probably the, the biggest question. Um, you know, he was he spent the first month injured. You know, I think it'd be different if we were talking about a guy that had been on the practice field the last six weeks. He hasn't been you know, it's only been a couple, and then one of those was spent as, as Lamar Jackson on, and on the scout team. So um, I think it's trending in that direction, certainly. You know, they obviously – he's a second-round pick, and, uh, you know, he's going to be probably the guy here in, in short order. Um, is it this week? It'll, it'll, it you know, remains to be seen. When you said we talked to Zach, you know, it's hard to say now, right? Because, you know, after those updates <laughs> uh, we got with Jamar, it's it's, it's uh, obviously there's a lot of gamesmanship going on in terms of – you know these in- injury reports uh, were, for both teams are pretty long, and obviously they're they're not interested in kind of tipping their their hand here. Yeah, the Browns injury report. Woof, that is a different story. We'll probably talk more about that tomorrow when we get into our predictions and previews because it is going to be rough if a lot of the names on the Browns injury report are out, which probably will be the case if I had to guess. But I agree with all of that with Cam Taylor-Britt. We really don't know. We'll have more on that when we do know. Um, but certainly, I do think it's trending in that direction. Much to the benefit of – I mean, really, it's a win-win for the Bengals and Britt. I mean, I don't really think it matters for Apple as much because I think his job is fine. It's just a matter of how healthy he is. But I want to kind of get into some fun here. I want to try some new uh, things we haven't been doing before. Uh, normally, we would do this on a Thursday, but because it's – a Thursday in the Bengals book will treat this like a Thursday. Uh, we want to do a little sort of number of the week. And so what this means is we we'll each kind of toss out a number that is relevant to this point in time. And it could be a lot of different numbers for a lot of different reasons. So I'll kind of start. My number of the week is 30. Why 30? Because 30 you, is how. Oh, damn, Muhammad. Ah, go what? ahead. Did I take you, your, did you I take your stole number? it. Go ahead. That's no, good, I didn't. Uh, good podcast. That's good. We didn't. It shows we didn't play it ahead of time. Yeah, we. I, I literally before we started recording, I literally asked Mike so we wouldn't double up, and Muhammad has thirty. So now I got to scramble. He go. He stole. Well, you could just be the same number. Go <laughs> ahead. What's here? What, I don't even know what thirty. Thirty what? Thirty for thirty. The documentary series. <laughs> well, that is a good series, but no, it's thirty or more points. That's how many points the Bengals have scored in their last two games after being held to way less than that in their first five weeks when the offense was, you know, finding its rhythm. But then Joe Burrow said, we know who we are and who are the Bengals, a team that has been scoring 30 more points in the last two games. That does help when you go against the Cleveland defense. 
That's 28th in the league in points allowed with just over 26 and a half. So um, if the Bengals, I don't know that they match 30, um, but just because I think the bang, the Browns defense will be so banged up and they're already allowing so many points, it is possible the Bengals meet that number. And I think if they meet that number, it's a safe bet that they win on Monday. But of course that is to be determined. Now, Andrew, did you want no, to stick Mike's with that? Go, Mike's going next. Mike's going to go next because I'm currently All right, go ahead. scrambling the internet trying to find something. <laughs> uh, one, one, not for Jamar Chase's jersey number, for the number of years left on T. Higgins' contract. Uh, he's a unrestricted free agent in 2024. And if he wants, you know, they, they always say you're getting to that second contract, especially for guys not in the first round, uh, getting that second contract. And this is kind of the weekend. Um Man, he can make himself some money. Not that he hasn't already, but, you know, it's a way to show you're not a complimentary piece, right? That got, that you can't, you can cl- stake your claim with evidence that you are a number one receiver. You'll be able to do that over the next couple of weeks. Um, but this is a good spot. Uh, they need him. Um, and I, and I think this is as, as big of a game for him as he's had just in terms of, you know, the spotlight's going to be on him. The attention's going to be on him by, uh, from them defensively. Um, and he needs to have a big game, um, you know, whether, you know, whether it's, it takes 30 points or not, they, they need some production from the, the passing game. And so I think a lot of that's going to fall on T and, and I think you could make a, make a case where he, he gets a, a pretty nice little uh, bit of change in, in the 2024. Man, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he is coming up on that. It's a good point. We'll see if that benefits him, which probably could. Uh, you figure you figure life. Yeah, your life I out figured eight. it out. I figured it out. Uh, I am also choosing the number one, uh, but for a different reason. So you um, said you complained about people stealing. You're stealing your number. Then you well, I didn't. Stealing. I wanted it to be the same concept. I didn't want it to be the same concept. Uh, <laughs> my number is one um, because that is the number of interceptions that Joe Burrow has thrown in his last six games, and I think that if you can continue on that path where. You know, he doesn't turn the football over. Um, I, I think that this is really going to be a, uh, a a good situation for the Bengals offense because when you lose a Jamar Chase, you can't make – your margin for error goes down, right? Like we saw them last year. I mean, how many times – you know, you make a – you have a comeback win against um, – you have a comeback win against the Chiefs where you, you were down 21-3 to and you can come back like that. You know, they've come back in a couple of their games this year, even the ones that they've lost um, because of how talented that offense is and how when you lose a Jamar Chase, your margin for error shrinks. So to me, that's going to be on Joe Burrow uh, not turning the ball over. I mean, he's thrown 217 passes in his last six games and he's thrown one interception. Uh, So to me, that is, you know, really, really just that, that is going to be the focus of these next few weeks, however many weeks it is that Jamar Chase is out, because if you cannot turn the ball over, you're going to help yourself a whole heck of a lot. So do we go to a tiebreaker that who used the number one better and Muhammad judges it? Um, I don't really think there's anything for me to judge. It's, it's all a it matter. Was a no, it was a knockout for me. Thank you, Muhammad. I appreciate right. that. A flying awesome. knee knockout. I'm not even going to judge it. It's all subjective, you little hooligans. But I want to have some real fun to finally wrap That's up. Derogatory. Is it? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not for you, but for Andrew, maybe. I'm too no offense, old Mike. To be a hooligan. How old are you? Forty. 
you sure sound like you're my age. I'm 24, but mentally, I think I'm probably half that. So we'll see. <laughs> what are you talking about? But Mike's you know going to bed right after this. We're, we're recording this podcast. It's 8:20. I'm the only Mike's... one with a, a shelf of whiskey. So uh, I mean, I... <laughs> well, fun fact for the people listening: I've never had a sip of alcohol in my life, and don't I feel like you've on mentioned it, so... that before, though. When we were talking not on about this, New Orleans, not on this podcast. Yeah, on, on when podcast. we were talking. Yeah, no, I disagree. When we were t- when we were talking about New Orleans, and we were See, now like, he's there. out for blood. That you said I had the better number one. Yeah, we. You said when we were going to New Orleans, you were like, you know, we were, you were like, Mike, you've been to New Orleans. What kind of recommendations do you have? Oh, you were okay, you, you were you were there. waxing poetic about your beignets that I don't think you had, and then. Um, well, because I didn't have time, because I had to like in leave in the morning. <laughs> was in the airport. Yeah, you weren't there, Mohammed, were you? Was I don't think it was open. They opened at like five a.m. And then, so then that, oh, I, I, and, well, and then I, you were I thought, like, I got. I, I, Mike I said, Mike said, um, sorry, the only recommendations I have sure. are for drinking. And yes, he did we say made that. jokes about like Irish car bombs and stuff. Don't test me on this, Muhammad. I come with receipts. Okay, you, you, had, you, you had the better number one, Andrew. Are you happy? I come with receipts. Well, I don't physically see the receipt, but sure. Anyways, we're going to wrap up with a little flashback Friday because figuratively it was Thursday, which is why we had number of the week. But it's literally Friday. So for this edition of Flashback Friday, which we'll be doing that every week, I want to have fun with this one because I think we're all going to have some very colorful answers. The prompt is most famous person you've ever met. I want you guys to start with this. Andrew, why don't you go first? Who is the most famous person? It could be an athlete, a singer, uh, an actor. It doesn't matter. Who's the most famous okay. person you've ever so met? So I'm going to be really difficult. Do it. Define Met. Are we talking brief inter- hello, nice to meet you, <laughs> move hello. on? Okay. No, Hello. Uh, so yeah, then, I so then, I feel like my answer has to be Bill Clinton. Uh, I I went to, so when I was a student at Ohio University, it was the fall of 2016, and I was in one of my classes, and it was right outside of uh, an area on the main campus called College Green. There was so much noise going on, so our professor was just like, "Don't, don't even bother showing up. We're just, just if you want to go listen to Bill Clinton talk, you can." And I was like, all right, well, I'm done for the day, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go. Wow. So I went there, and he walked down the line, and he, like, shook everybody's hand. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And I looked at me, and I said, how you doing? And he went, good. How are you? And I went, great. Thanks. And he kept on walking. But I shook a president's hand, so that was cool. Um, so I feel like well, that's – He was president at the time? He was not president at the time, but I feel like <laughs> shaking – I mean, I feel like shaking a president's hand is noteworthy. So what, when was was, this? What, what year was this? This was 2016. So he was campaigning for oh, so Hillary Clinton. When Hillary was running. Okay, yeah, then, this, was, this was like October, oh, September, October. Okay, okay. So he was a former okay. president at the time. Yeah, former president at the time. Yeah, I wasn't alive for Bill Clinton's time. Oh. Yeah, well, you, you wouldn't remember him. You were probably right. like four or five years old. I was three years old when he left office, so I wouldn't remember. But you yeah, would. I, I, was, I, was I was very, very, very young when he left office. Yeah, that, that was during Mike's middle high school year, so you would remember that. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mike, what about you? Oh, wow. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I was a freelance journalist for a while before I got into sports reporting. So I've interviewed all sorts. Um, I don't know. I've interviewed uh, Jeff Daniels. Wow. Uh, I've interviewed uh, Guy Fieri. Uh, spent time what? Gordon Ramsay. Um, Love Guy Fieri. Gordon Ramsay's hilarious. Gordon was good. Uh, the I he was coming to Michigan for 
um, uh, kitchen nightmares to shoot a follow up uh, for at a restaurant. And there was one condition for the interview. The week prior, he had—I mean, this was like a quaint time, I guess. The week prior, he had called—he had gone on British television and called some TV presenter like a fat pig, and insulted her. <laughs> and so I, couldn't ask, I couldn't ask about that. And then I had, I mean, why, would, why would I ask about that at Michigan and you know covering a restaurant? I don't know, but uh, that was the only requirement. He was very nice. I had ten minutes, and he said I could go as long as I want. So uh, I've interviewed other actors and stuff like that, but I don't. I, I those are probably the standout ones. So honestly, I don't even know if I want to say mine because you guys are gonna just jump on me and attack me because you're gonna be like, "Oh, that doesn't count." But I'm just gonna say it honestly. Joe Burrow is the most famous person I've met. Like, that's probably the most famous person I've met now. That, I feel like that it, goes against the spirit of this whole thing. Yeah, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay, before I started covering the Bengals, I'd say the most famous person would have either been, and you tell me which one's more famous, it would have either been Jim Nance or Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. That's a great actually, answer. Why didn't you say one of those guys? <laughs> I think but that... I, I, uh, because, no, is not going to be well known outside of sports media. Right. And, and plus, he's deceased now. I actually met him two months before he died. Oh, he came as, you met him when he, after he had died, which I was going to say disqualifies this. As well, I might have had an out-of-body experience one time, but I don't know if that would count. But no, two months before he passed away, he came to University of Kentucky. He spoke and gave a lecture. And I actually took a picture with him, um, and I had no That's idea. That's a very cool story. Yeah. But but here's the thing. The crazy thing is he was so healthy that I was shocked when he died two months later because I think he died in his sleep. So it's not like he was in a hospital suffering. So, you know, it's, it was sad and I, you know, may he rest in peace. But no, Jim Nance, I met him when Kentucky played Me- uh, North Carolina and Memphis in the Elite Eight, which was on my birthday. Shout out to Luke May for trying to ruin my birthday when, you know, Kentucky should have gone to the Final Four. But it's OK. We moved on from that. But I mean, here's the thing, though. I'm not saying they're not famous. I just feel like who's more of a household name, though, Joe Burrow or Jim Nance? I feel like even if you're not a sports fan, the name Joe Burrow is more common than Jim Nance, at least. I know it's subjective, but, like, what do you guys think? Yeah, but you can't pick somebody you cover. Um, yeah, picking somebody you cover is cheating. Um, and Jim Nance, but, but, but Joe Burrow is that Jim famous. Nance like he's multiple sports, so you'd, you'd get people – because there are people that don't watch football. And Believe it or not, that are basketball people that would know Jim Nance since he was the fun- and golf. So I mean, you're yeah, talking yeah, about a lot of golf. You know, I, mean, I guess three sports really. Essentially, the Masters is probably actually his like biggest thing. So I would think he but, would transcend all of that. But what about people? That who, a lot more people that know who Jim Nance are than Joe Burrow, because in terms of ages too, you got to think like Jim Nance but, expands the spectrum. That's true, but like, think about people who don't watch or know sports at all. Like, for example, like my sister Khadija, she's uh, a junior in college, like, knows nothing about sports, zero. Like, she knows nothing about UK basketball, even though she goes to Kentucky, which I give her grief for that all the time. But like, she even said, Oh, that's so cool you covered Joe Burrow. And I'm like, How do you know who that is? And she was like, Oh, how do you not know who Joe Shiesty is? He's like all over Instagram and, you know, college girls, social media. Like, that's the thing. Like, you're going to see him on Instagram and Twitter. Like, you know, Joe Burrow is social reactive. media. Well, maybe it hurts no, that you're introducing him Joe Shiesty to people. He posts on Instagram. Well, Twitter, his name I think, is Joe Burrow. Jim, Jim Nance does a similar introduction, correct? 
He just he says, hello, him, friends. Jim Shiesty? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my yeah. God. No. Jim What? Man, he just ruined it, Mike. No, man. It's always going to be That's a good Shiesty. line, Mike. I like that. Thank you. Look, that's obviously very subjective. I think that actually is a debate for another time. Like, who's more famous, Joe Burrow or Jim Nance? But I think it all depends on if you're in the sports or not, the age spectrum, how well you use social media. Because, like, Jim Nance doesn't have social media. Joe Burrow does. Doesn't use Twitter. Doesn't use Twitter because he said that. But he is on Instagram because I have Instagram and I've seen him post on there. It's just you random realize stuff. These people have, like, marketing teams that control their social media. He can have deleted his social media and still post things, right? No, I, I think he actually posts. Like, I think what is on there, he directly posts himself. <laughs> You're so, so no, naive. that's true. So naive. That's true. No, no, that's true. But, like, I'm saying in his case, he really uses his Instagram. No, there are people who have, like, people who do it for them. Like, people who are, like, preachers and politicians. Yeah, they have teams that do it, and athletes do too. But I think in his case, he actually uses his Instagram. You should have way he... next, next week. Honestly, I should. And you should lead. We were having a debate. Do you think you're more famous than Jim Nance? And just go down uh, the line. Just start naming. I don't know. Who, who, Joe, do you think you're more famous than X, Y, and Z? And see, what at what point does it kick you out of the room? I would say, like, the Wait, what, is, what point does it kick who out of the like room? I like, number four. Like, if you're just like, Joe, like, if you just took over the press conference, you were like, Joe, do you think you're more famous than Jim Nance? I'm not going to ask him that in a press no, conference. No, do you think you're more famous than Taylor Swift? And like, like, how many people would you have to name? I think, I think like, after the fourth no. game, but before the fifth name. I think the so the over under would be four and a half. Or is I it think, the media relations people that are just like you? You go out. No, I think Joe. Joe would say something. Joe just said. Joe would say something, and then you would have somebody walk over and escort you out. So now as, no. as they that's should. Your, at that point. That's your homework. That's your homework for no, next week. No, not I would yeah. not. You guys are childish. I would never. If I was going to even ask him at least one of those, it would be in, at his locker, not in a press conference, which is not an appropriate place for that. Come on now. I mean, I've heard worse things asked in that press conference, but I would not ask him that. If I were to even ask him, it would be like at his locker if I see him in passing. Otherwise, I gotta leave. I, I'll give you an example. I gotta leave. They're, they're, there's one kid I used to cover. Funny story. There's a kid I used to cover in Bowling Green, Kentucky, my last TV job, uh, who, funny enough, plays quarterback for Warren East High School. And I think I told you guys about this, but I think he resembles Joe a little bit. So I saw Joe in the locker room. I was like, hey, Joe, like, just curious. Like, do you think you look like this guy? Oh my and he God. laughed. He laughed. He goes, actually, I kind of see it. Like, that's pretty funny. Like, he thought it was funny. So he was like, that more famous than Jim Nance? So maybe if you ask him, yeah, do you think you're more famous than Taylor Swift? He'll, he'll find that interesting. I don't, I don't know. Whether it's Jim Nance or Taylor Swift, that's just cheesy. I don't even think I even want to ask him anymore. I don't even want to ask him. Oh, my God. I really hope the people listening to this haven't thrown their phone across the room yet because I would have. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we're professionals right, so, here. Yeah, so just as a – just as a uh, public service announcement to the people listening to this. Uh, when you see a tweet that's vague from, you know, one of the Bengals writers, hopefully it's us, um, that says, uh, you know, Bengals reporter thrown out of press conference today. And it just says that. Hope you guys will be the ones that know it first. 
It's not gonna happen. <laughs> just, unless it's an all- I'm sorry. alternate universe. I'm sorry. I'm just alternate imagining universe. this scene where like secu- armed security comes in to just drag Muhammad out, and as he's like leaving the room, he just starts yelling more names. <laughs> oh my god. Eminem <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Oh, at that point, I'm being dragged down the hallway. If I said Lamar Jackson, I think Joe might actually try to engage with me at that point. That would probably get him riled up. But again, this is in an alternate universe, not in real life with professionalism and dignity, ladies and gentlemen. How how long was this a podcast supposed to go? Because we are (laughs) we are blasting through that. And I love it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy we did. That was that really that made me laugh. That was great. This, this is the Strictly Stripes podcast, and it's strictly whatever you want it to be. Oh, strictly fun. The Strictly Fun Stripes well, podcast. Don't, no, you can't tell the rap. I it can't be strictly fun. It has to be rap. strictly something S. Strictly Stripes fun? Strictly succinct. Let's make this ending succinct. I think he's saying rap. That's the signal. He's trying. He's not being very subtle. All right, all right. I guess Andrew wants to watch the World Series. Mike wants to go to sleep. I want to party all night. Just kidding. I don't. I don't party, guys. But thanks again for joining us. Tune in tomorrow. We'll have more predictions and prop bets on the Monday Night Football game. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis and Mike Nizek, I'm Muhammad Amat. Thanks for joining us. See you soon.